I'm going to continue tonight my message on the Holy Spirit. And I cannot believe this is the sixth message on this series already. It just seems like we just started it. And we've really been unlocking, I believe, a lot of incredible truths. But with truth, there also comes opposition. There also comes opposition. And I've had a few people say to me, you know what, this person is not too sure about it. They're kind of afraid of this. I don't want them to stop coming because of... But one thing I hope you realize and know from this church, and that is this, we don't force anything on anyone. All we do when it comes to giving, we don't tell you, you better give or we're going to kick you out of the church. But what do we do? We encourage you of the benefits and the rewards that God's word says comes to those who give. We encourage you through the word of God and say to you that this is the best. Why would you want anything else? So we're not trying to force the Holy Spirit down anyone's throat. But what we've tried to do this month is present and answer as many questions as we can that people have about the Holy Spirit because questions can hinder us many times from receiving. Because a lot of answers that we have to the questions are wrong. A lot of misunderstanding, a lot of people who are misinformed or uninformed when it comes to the Holy Spirit. And many believe it's not of God and it's not for today. Well, I beg to differ with both of those because it's not only from God, it is God. The Holy Spirit is God. And it's definitely for today because the power we need to live, we need greater power today than ever before. These are perilous times that we're living in. These are tough days. But remember, the darker the night, the brighter the light. So what we choose to do is not curse the darkness, but light a candle. And we're going to light a candle of our lives in the darkness, and we're going to stand up, and we're going to say, you know what, we're going to see God's power move, we're going to see revival sweep this nation, this city, we're going to see revival sweep our families, we're going to see that, why? Because God promises that's going to take place, and we are not far away from that taking place. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. Now, Sunday morning, I said that I wasn't able to finish my message. And I did originally plan to finish that message tonight. But I decided to go a different direction tonight because I really felt that I wanted to continue that message on Sunday morning because I knew we would have a smaller group this morning or this evening. And I wanted just to come back on Sunday morning. So tonight I I just want to slightly go a different direction. But I want to tonight talk about the results of living a spirit-filled life. What happens in my life 
We talked about what good does it do, and that's what we're talking about on Sunday morning. But I want to talk about the results of a Spirit-filled life. But before we do that, come on, let's stand to our feet. We're going to pray together, and we're going to do what we've done. Every message in this series, we're going to lay our hands on our head and put one on our hearts. Why? Because we want our minds to be open, and we want our hearts to be open to receive. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we pray right now that you would just prepare our minds and hearts right now, that you would push aside every fear, that you would push aside everything that is not of you. God, we send it out of here. Why? Because we send every opposing, hindering force away from this place right now. And we open up our minds to your best. We open up our hearts to receive the best, the greatest things that you have in store for us. And God, tonight we pray that you would speak to our minds and you would speak into our hearts, that they would both receive God, your word and your truth, in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, high five someone just before you sit down. Say, good to see you tonight. So over this past month, we have looked and discovered who truly the Holy Spirit is and the power that he wants to accompany your life with. I would love to recap and go over all the points, but it's just too many. So grab a CD, go on the media page, follow up on these messages. If you missed anything, grab a hold of it, and you don't want to miss it. But tonight I want to look at specific results that should be evident in our lives if and when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. The best example that we could look at, the best example area ever, is the life of Jesus. You can't get better than the life of Jesus. And we're going to look at the life of Jesus tonight. Jesus was baptized at about the age of 30 in the River Jordan. Hasten, by the way, commercial break, September the 23rd, Sunday to September the 23rd. We're having a baptismal service at the church. So if you haven't been baptized, we're going to set up a pool outside. And after the Sunday morning service, we're all going to go out and throw some people in the pool. Is that cool? So September the 23rd. September the 23rd, we're going to be advertising that, but there you go. But Jesus was baptized by John at 30 years of age, was the beginning, we're going to see, of his ministry. Not that he didn't minister, but it was the beginning of his public ministry, where he went out for about three and a half years before he was crucified. But as he was being baptized in the Jordan River, There's something that we read and see in Luke 3, verse 21 and 22 says this. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heavens were open and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven, which said, you are My beloved son, in whom or in you I am well pleased. Jesus steps out of the river a different man to what went in to the river. He came out now with the Holy Spirit upon his life. Beginning his ministry, he knew he needed the Holy Spirit in order to do what he was called to do. And we see that in the next verse of Luke 4, 
chapter 4 and verse 1, it then says that Jesus then, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan where he was baptized. Jordan speaks of a time of transition, a time of dying, death, a passing over. The children of Israel crossed from Egypt, crossed the Jordan into the promise. A new time, a time of transition in their life. Jesus returned from the Jordan and he was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. So we see now that he is now filled with the Holy Spirit. As a result of what took place at his baptism, water baptism, the Holy Spirit came upon him then, and he is now Spirit-filled, Spirit-led. And we're going to see, I believe, from this passage, three basic or rather specific results of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Three things that we should not only believe for in our lives, but we should also expect. Let me say that one more time. Don't just believe it, expect it. You can say, well, that's kind of arrogant. No, it's not. It's not arrogant because God says they're available to us and we can believe. You see, the problem we have so many times is the same thing with prayer. We pray about it, but we do nothing about it. Well, hold on a second, Pastor. Well, I've prayed about it. That's doing something about it. It sure is, but we shouldn't stop at prayer. We've got to put some feet on our prayer sometime. We've got to put things into action. You know, let me give you an example. We can pray, oh God, give me the opportunity to witness to someone today. The opportunity is around you every day. You've just got to step out and do it. Pray that God would, instead of giving you the opportunity, that you would know those opportunities and God give me the strength to step into those things. So what do we see? We see that not only do we need to believe for these things, but we need to expect these things to happen. I'm a child of God. I'm expecting the best in my life. I'm believing for it, but you know what? I'm stepping out and expecting it. Why? Because if God's word says it, I'm silly enough to believe it. And I trust God for that. So let's look at the three specific leading and guiding of what happens when we're filled, the result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Number one, we have direction. His Spirit gives us direction. Come on, say with me, direction. Direction. Gives me direction. Let me read that scripture again, if I could, from Luke 4, verse 1. It says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan. And what's the next words? And he was led by the Spirit. Now, we don't like where he was led. He was led into the wilderness. How many knows that sometimes in your life you're going to be led into the wilderness? You're going to be led into opportunities and circumstances that are not favorable of you, but yet God knows what can happen in your life as a result of going through those things. It wasn't perhaps the direction that Jesus wanted to go. But can I say this? It was the best place for his life. At that moment, it was the best place. Why? Because that's where God's spirit was taking him. In our lives, we can look and say, well, man, you know, I want all this and I want all that. Sometimes we've got to go through the wilderness to get it and we grumble and complain about it. But you better realize if God's leading you there, that's the best place for your life. And you don't want to leave there before God's finished with you. Because if he hasn't finished with you there, you're going to have to go back through it all over again. So you might as well just hang it out. And if God's spirit led you into there, listen to me, his spirit's going to lead you out of there. 
Yea, they will walk through the valley. It's a through walk with God because he's taken us somewhere. God doesn't take us to dead end streets. God doesn't take you to a dead end street. God's spirit doesn't lead you to a brick wall. And if it does lead you to a brick wall, it's because he's going to knock it down because you're going to go through it. What I'm saying is God's Spirit doesn't take you to a limitation or to a stopping point. God's Spirit is leading you on to greater things, better things, higher things, mightier things in your life. Oh, I'm going to have to be stretched, but guess what? That's why I have to go through the wilderness because that's the best time of growth. The best time of growth. We like being on the mountaintops, don't we? But if you would look, there's less vegetation on the mountaintops. Why? Because it's the rivers that are in the valleys. We don't like the valley times in our life, but it's the time of greatest growth in our lives. That God's Spirit directed Jesus. God's Holy Spirit wants to direct and to lead our lives. You know why we don't like the wilderness times? You know why we don't like to be led in the hard times? Because all we see is the natural. All we can see is right now. But you've got to understand the spirit that's leading us sees the end from the beginning. What God says, I know your end from the beginning. Not your beginning to the end. God knows your end to the beginning. And you've got to realize the spirit that's leading you sees it all. Come on, how many times have you perhaps grumbled and complained in your life and really questioned whether you even heard from God or you must have missed God because where you're at is not where you thought you needed to be? But God's Spirit led you there on purpose because He had a purpose for your life. And I know there's been many times in my life I've grumbled and complained only to throw my hands in the air and say, God, I was exactly where you wanted me to be. I'm exactly where you want me to be. I'm exactly where you want me to be. Maybe it's not my choice, but when it's His choice, It's the best choice. So the first result of a spirit life is pretty clear. Jesus was led by the Spirit. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, desires to lead your life, to give you the proper direction for your life. Remember Proverbs 14 verse 12? You know what Proverbs 14 verse 12 tells us? There is a way that seems right to man. The way that I want to go may be right and feel right and that's what I want. But God says, if you go in your way, guess what? You better watch out what's at the end of your way. Look what it says. There is a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way of death. There's no ifs, ands or buts. It's death. It's damnation. Why? Because there's only two ways. There's the broad way and the narrow way. Your way and his way. And we've got to trust God in his life. It may seem right, but the end is not right. And if you would look through the Word of God, the Bible is full of promises by God about how He desires to lead and to guide us through life. I remember as a kid, we went in this maze. I I can't remember where it was. Somewhere near Norwich, an incredible maze. And it was beautiful hedges and all this kind of stuff. And it was absolutely incredible. You couldn't see over the hedges. And it was so manicured and so beautiful. They didn't give you a map. They just stuck you in there and said, find your way. Man, it took us literally hours to get out of there. And some people didn't get out. They had to go in and get the map. But when you finally came through the maze, they used to have something in um, St. Gabriel's. Remember the cornfield maze? Anyone ever went to that one? It's pretty cool too. But they gave you a map for that. That's easy when you got a map. I mean, you can follow that. 
But I remember that when you got out of the maze, you had the opportunity to go up in the high spot like a lookout post. And from up there, you could see all the way because you could see over it. No pun intended, but it's amazing the different perspective you have when you're looking from up high. When you're in it, all you can see is the obstacles and you don't know where to go. But when you're looking from up high, you can see exactly. Listen, God's looking from up high and he's not puzzled by what's ahead of you or what's around the corner for you. He's already got the map of your life planned out. And all you've got to do is listen to his gentle voice and he'll lead you through the path of life. He'll lead you through life. Listen to Isaiah 30, verse 21, a great scripture. Listen to this. Your ears, whose ears? My ears, your ears, your ears shall hear words behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Think about that. Your ears can hear behind you a voice that says, this is the way, walk in that. Whose voice is that? That's the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit wants to be there, whispering in your ears, telling you this is the way you need to go. What a wonderful promise that He wants to direct your life. Psalms 23 is awesome. The Lord is my shepherd. What does a shepherd do? A shepherd directs the sheep, leads the sheep, takes them to the best pastures. Perhaps one of the greatest characteristics of the Holy Spirit is that He wants to direct your life. I didn't say control your life. He wants to direct your life. He wants to direct your life. Remember the bumper stickers they used to have on cars years ago? It says, God is my co-pilot. That's a big heretic statement. Why should God be the co-pilot? I don't want to even be in the cockpit. I want God to be the pilot and I'll be sitting in the back and take me where you want me to go, God. Come on, the co-pilot's only there if the pilot messes up. Come on, I don't want God to be there when I'm just messing up. I want him to stop me from messing up before I mess up because I want him to direct and lead my life. Do I hear an amen in the house? So he wants to direct our life. No matter your concern or the obstacles you face, God can always bring you out on top. And God can lead you through that. As children of God, we shouldn't live a confused life. As children of God, we shouldn't live questioning, where do I go? What do I do? We can have a confidence in the Holy Spirit of what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. Because you and I can walk in confidence and boldness knowing that God's Holy Spirit wants to lead me. may have to go through a wilderness, but guess what? We're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. So is that cool? So number one, He wants to direct me. You ready? Number two. Listen to this scripture. Luke 4 verse 14. Remember Jesus has just come through the wilderness where he's been tempted. Satan's tried to destroy him. Satan tried to destroy him before his ministry really began because if Jesus would have misused his gifts, the miracle power that he had, if he'd have misused that for himself, guess what? He would not have been able to be the spotless lamb, the perfect sacrifice. Satan's tried to destroy him before his ministry even started. But what does it say in Luke 4.14? Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. To Galilee. Second point. First point, he wants to direct you. Second point, he wants to give you power. He wants to give you power. And we've talked a lot about this throughout this whole month about the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus later would tell his disciples more about this characteristic of the result of the Holy Spirit when he quoted to them Acts 1 verse 8, but you shall receive power when what? The Holy Spirit has come upon you. Power, dunamis, as we said on Sunday, from which we get the word dynamo, an energizing power. But dunamis also is from where we get the word dynamite from. A dynamite power that wants to operate inside of you. A power base that wants to be behind everything you say and do. The power of the Holy Spirit. And it wants to be power in three areas. Here's the three key areas the Holy Spirit wants to be power in your life. Are you ready? To live out your faith. You'll be a witness. Is that what it said in Acts 1.8? That you'll be a witness. He wants to give you power to live out your faith. The second thing is this. He wants to give you a power that you're going to be an overcomer. That you're going to be able to overcome the challenges and the problems that you're going to face in life. And the third thing that he wants to give you and I the power to do is to live life full. To live life to the fullest. To live life flourishing free. To live a life of abundance that John 10.10 tells us he wants to give. What a promise from Jesus. So when he's Holy Spirit, the result is power. That power to live out our faith, to be an overcomer and live life to the fullest. Is this okay tonight? Here's something also important you and I need to see about power. And here's where our focus needs to be. Because so many times when we talk about the Holy Spirit, our focus is on the manifestations instead of the demonstrations. Our focus needs not to be on the manifestations, the moving, but the demonstrations. What do I mean by that? Too many have it backwards and as a result they're weird. If people aren't convulsing and if people aren't rolling around, that's a manifestation. Or people have been filled with the Holy Spirit, they say, hey, you know what? The Holy Spirit is not working. But you know what? Yes, there are signs and wonders. Yes, there are manifestations. But for what reason? To empower us to do. Come on, instead of wondering when the next manifestation is going to be, we've got to ask God, when are you going to use us to see the next what? Demonstration. Because God's power wants to come upon me that I can what? Do what God has called me to do. That there can be a demonstration of power that can come out from our lives. In other words, the effect and the result of the Holy Spirit should impact my daily life and the people I come in contact with. It should change the way I live, not just on a Sunday, but every day. John Sieblin in that little book, The Holy Spirit Today, says these words, The power of God is not only powerful, but also practical. It's a great saying to write down. It's not just powerful, but it's power to be practical. It's power to live life. It's power to live out life, to be victorious, that there would be demonstrations. I thank God for the manifestation of God's Spirit. I thank God for people who were touched here at this altar on Sunday. But listen to me, we can't live in that manifestation. We've got to start demonstrating that. We've got to go out into the world and take what we get in here. You know what, church is a place where Christians should come and sharpen their swords. Because there's a battle out there. Come on, too many people look at it as a buffet line and just come and stuff their faces and try and sustain themselves for the rest of the week. They get so selfish. No, it's a place where I'm sharpening my sword. Why? Because there's a battle out there and there's a battle to win. There's got to be a manifestation, but yet there's got to be demonstration of His power in every one of our lives. And lastly tonight, point number three, 
the Holy Spirit directed Jesus, gave him power. But then look what it says in Luke 4, verse 18, that in the synagogue, Jesus stood up in the midst of the people and he read from Isaiah, he read this scripture, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken heart and to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Notice what Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because. Say that, because. Because. Because what? Because of a purpose. Because there's a purpose. Thank God for direction and power, but there's also purpose. The Holy Spirit wants to specifically give my life purpose. 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 It's more... It's more, you see, than just for you and I. That's the direction and the power part. Think about that. The direction and the power part is really for my life, that God would direct my life, that he would give me the power, but then the purpose is what? To take that direction and power and to touch someone else. God didn't save you just to save you. God saved you to touch a life. God didn't save you just so you could sit on a pew and say, thank God I'm saved. God saved you that now you could go out because of what's happened in your life and share the gospel with everyone else. Listen, there will always be a because when the Holy Spirit is working and moving in your life. The word anointed means to be covered. Jesus was anointed for a purpose. We just read that. What was his purpose? He said, my purpose is to help people. He said, I want to touch the poor. He says, I want to go to those who are bound, the prisoner. I want to touch those who are blind. I want to touch those who are oppressed. You see, the Holy Spirit wants to make us other-focused. Others-focused. We can get so self-centered and it's all about me and what I want and direct my life and give me power for living. But you know what? The Holy Spirit wants to give us purpose that takes our direction and power and puts it to work. And I pray, there's a song that Philip Cameron wrote many years ago, or it was maybe my Uncle Robert wrote. And the song says this, Give me a heart for others, a longing to bring souls to you. Give me the privilege to tell them of your love on Calvary's tree. Into the highways and byways, I'll be what you want me to be, but give me a heart for others, a longing to bring souls to you. You see, the Holy Spirit wants to show you that you have a purpose for your life. Satan wants to say there is no purpose. You're a mistake. You're a failure. The Holy Spirit says, no, there's always a because in your life. I've done this because what? Everything that God has done in your life is because why? There's a purpose for what you've gone through. God's going to use you to touch people who are facing the same struggles. Come on. Aren't you glad what Satan means for evil? God says, I'm going to turn it around and use it for good. Those things that we're ashamed of from our past, God's going to use those to bring great glory for other people's futures. Why? Because there's a because. There's a purpose for our life. The Holy Spirit wants to reveal the purpose of God in our lives. Notice again in Acts 1 verse 8, not to be redundant with this verse, but you shall receive power for what? To be a witness. What was the purpose of the Holy Spirit? For them to be a witness to other people, to touch other people. The power and purpose are to work together in order to impact other people. 
So tonight we need to believe for God to give us those three results in our life. The results of being filled with the Holy Spirit is this. Yes, there's direction. Yes, there's power. But for what reason? That we can have a purpose and we can touch other people. Has anyone got any questions or anything tonight that we could perhaps answer or, or just anything that, that you, is on your heart and what we've talked about? Anyone got anything tonight they want to just shout out? I know someone said to me before, I'd want to call you. That's fine. You can call or email me. And if you're embarrassed to do it in front of everyone, that's fine. But anyone got anything tonight? Aren't you glad the Holy Spirit's real? Aren't you glad that there's a purpose, there's a power, there's a directing that he wants to give us? And you may say tonight, well, Pastor Philip, if I don't have the Holy Spirit, that means I've got no direction. That means I've got no power and I've got no purpose. No, you've got power. You've got direction and purpose. But you're limiting the power, the purpose and direction of God in your life. You're limiting what God can really do through your life. You know, if if I was to say to you right now that your life could bring a hundred people to Christ, would you turn around and say, man, that's awesome? Or would you in your heart say, what about a thousand? I remember driving in a car one day and I think it was Hannah. I always get confused. One of the kids. I'm just going to say one of the kids. One of the kids was sitting beside me and asked me a question one day. Dad, how many people do you think you've touched for Jesus? How many people do you think you've touched for Jesus? And that was at the time when I was at Jimmy Swaggart Ministries. I had two radio stations, every, two radio shows every week on a Thursday night. We went out live on the radio station. They told us we had a listening audience on a Thursday night of about 10,000 people. On a Thursday night, when we had youth camps, we had more calls coming in than any other service, any other time throughout the whole calendar year. I mean, we were touching a lot of people. Saturday morning, I had a youth talk show and had the opportunity just to wow, save lives. I mean, I was on the air one day and someone called up and was ready to commit suicide, had a rope hanging in a tree and ready to kill themselves. And I went off the air and left those on the air and prayed for this person and led them to the Lord and saved lives. Had so much opportunity to touch so many people. And one of my kids said to me, Dad, how many people do you think you've touched for God? Can I tell you what my pride wanted to say? Thousands. Thousands. Because realistically, I probably had touched thousands. But I didn't jump straight away. And I began to think about it. And I could feel the eyes still looking at me from the other side. And I turned and I said, looked at them square in the eyes. And this is the answer I said. Not enough. Not enough. Not enough. Thank God for the one. Thank God for the two. Thank God for perhaps the thousands. But still not enough. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. That's going to direct my life. That's going to what? Give me power. That when I'm weak, he said I can be strong. I need the Holy Spirit. I need the power of God. Why? Because I know there's a purpose that God has. God's got a purpose for every one of your lives. And I'm telling you, your purpose is not just to sit here on a Sunday and get everything you can get. The purpose of God is that you would come here and you would get the tools you need to go out and work in the harvest for God. Why? Because the Bible says, surely the fields are white unto harvest, but the labor is a few. 
And what did Jesus say? Pray that there would be those who would go out. Pray that they would go forth. And my desire and my prayer is this, that we would want so much of God that we would so want so much of his Holy Spirit, that we would say, God, I've got to have your direction. I've got to have your... God, I don't want to leave the house without knowing that you're there with me, leading me today, and your power's there with me. Because I don't want to ever get to the place where I'm thinking I'm big and bad, because there's still people out there who are lost. There's still people who are dying. Until that trump of God sounds, we can't rest. We can't rest. We've got to push on. And that is why... This is why we're teaching on the power and the presence and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because I need people that's going to roll up their sleeves and say, Pastor P, I want to do everything I can to because I realize there are people who are lost and there are people who are searching for God. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.